like to say it's good to be inside the house of the Lord tonight. We've been in the parking lot this week, and and uh, that's good. And and I know there are others out there now, and and uh, I'm glad that you're here. Uh, but I'm glad to be on the inside tonight. And uh, there's just something special about coming together with God's people. And appreciate the good singing. I thought as we were singing that last song, there's there's so many blessings that I've taken for granted in my life. Um, just as far as being fed, I've never went hungry in my life. I've never went naked in my life. Um, there's a lot of people can't say that. Uh, but I've been blessed. I don't have a... Um, you know, people people often feel sorry for me and they know my struggles and my, my health that I've had at a young age. And I don't, I don't want your pity tonight. Um, it's not... It's not a uh, it's not a life that many would trade for, but I'll be honest, I wouldn't give mine up for anything. It's been an abundant life, uh, and it's a good life, and it's a God-fearing life, and uh, and He can teach us a lot through our uh, through our struggles. And uh, I thought as we were singing that song a while ago, in ten thousand years, I I don't know if ten thousand years is ample enough time to thank Him or not, um, but I'll find out one day. Uh, you see, you might not realize it, but but I'm in the Word of God. Talked about in Revelation, when it talks about a multitude that no man can number. John said, I saw 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands standing there in robes, clean and white. Somewhere in that blood-washed throng is me. And I'm going to take my place one day I'm going to bow down and thank Him for all that He's done. I'm glad for what the life that I have. And I'm glad for the life that I've not yet come to. But I know that time's coming. And I'm glad that uh, I know where I'm going. I've enjoyed the preaching this week. I've enjoyed listening to Brother Jeff, Brother Ethan, my brothers. I went and battled with them multiple times before and I've got confidence in them. And uh, but I, as they said, and I'll tell you the same thing tonight. I need the power of the Lord tonight. I, I told Brother Jeff, you ever? I've been sitting around for four or five days, not much to do, and sometimes you might not realize that sometimes the preacher can overstudy, and uh, and you get something on your mind, and it sort of sort of just loses the the inspiration. You studied it so much, and so I hope I haven't done that. But I do need your uh, your help tonight, and uh, just. Uh, some thoughts on my heart. I don't know. This may be a multiple part um, sermon. In other words, I may not get done with it tonight. If not, you know, I preached a revival one time, um, and I was telling them out front. I helped a I helped a uh, a friend of mine in in revival twice. Once was uh, at one church, and his dad was sick, and uh, his dad was at the point of death, and so he missed all week. And I preached every night, and then I helped him at another church. And they had day and night services, and he preached every day, and I preached every night. And so I appreciate the the, uh, the brothers taking my place, um, and Brother Brad coming Sunday morning when I couldn't have been here. And I told him, I said, see, you did get to help in our meeting after all. You just didn't think you was going to, but you did. And so, um, but I, 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 I preached all week, that, that one of those weeks on Elisha. And, uh, and so... Um, so the thought that's on my heart this week and for the last few weeks has been Abraham. I don't know how far we're going to get into it, but I, I, I do know that if you have faith tonight uh, in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that you have the faith of Abraham. 
He served the same God then that you serve tonight. And it's a God that changes not. And, uh, and he found Abraham to be faithful. And Abraham is called the father of the faithful. He's called the friend of God. I don't know what greater moniker you could put on a life than to say that you were the friend of God. Uh, I desire to be his friend tonight. I desire to be his servant. Uh, you can find in different places. Jude, you can read in his epistle. And he just calls himself the servant of Jesus Christ. And so that's all I am tonight, just a servant. Uh, but thanks be to God, one day He's going to take me from this speck of dirt that we're on and He's going to lift and exalt me up higher. I thought as we were singing that song and it talked about the angels uh, wouldn't be able to sing. And I'm glad of that tonight. I've, I've said this, and I don't know why I've got off on it, but when a lot of people uh, that you meet in life, they'll say when their loved ones pass, they become angels. No, they don't. And I'm not saying that to give you no hope. As a matter of fact, I'm doing it for the opposite reason. See, an angel's an angel. They're a created being, but, but God doesn't have the relationship with angels that He has with man. And what I mean by that is an angel never had a chance to be redeemed. Ever. When they fell in the beginning, they were reserved under chains of darkness forever and ever. But when man fell, He gave man an opportunity to be saved. Angels don't know what it is to go from nature to grace. Angels don't know what it is to be dirty and filthy and then be cleaned up. Angels won't be able to sing the song of Zion, the song of deliverance, the song of the redeemed. That'll be for us. Amen. And they'll have to take their seat and God's people will stand shoulder to shoulder and sing. Sing the glory of God. Sing the song of Moses, it says in the, in the book of Revelation. But I want you to turn, if you have your Bibles, to Genesis chapter number 11. I'm going to skip around and read a little bit. And uh, we'll go as far as we can travel tonight with Abraham. And if we don't get done, we'll pick up on it uh, maybe later on in the week. But I do need your prayers. This has been, I told somebody out front while I go the first time I had COVID, it sort of got me down. This time it's been about as mild as I could have ever dreamed. And I'm thankful for that. Uh, and thankful to be back with you tonight. But uh, Genesis chapter number 11, and go to about verse 31. <clears throat> and it says, And Terah took Abram his son, and Lot the son of Haran his son's son, and Sarai his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife. And they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan. And they came unto Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah were two hundred and five years, and Terah died in Haran. Uh, now the Lord had said to Abram, Get thee out from thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will shew thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. And Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old. Take note of his age right there. He's seventy-five uh, years old when he departed out of Haran. And Abram took Sarai his wife, and Lot his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran. And they went forth to go into the land of Canaan, and into the land of Canaan they came. Uh, flip over to uh, about chapter number 13. And you pray for me. I, I feel good. I'm still pretty dizzy but at times. But, uh, but you just pray for me tonight. 
uh, Genesis chapter 13, I'm sorry, Genesis 15, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 15, in verse 1, After these things the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eleazar of Damascus? And Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad, and, and said, Look now toward heaven, and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought you, that brought thee out of Ur of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? And he said unto him, Take me an heifer of three years old, and a she-goat of three years old, and a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he took unto them all of these, and divided them in the midst, and laid each piece one against another, but the birds divided he not. And when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abram drove them away. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and lo, and horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterward they shall come out with great substance. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace, and thou shalt be buried in a good old age. But in the fourth generation they shall come hither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. And it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. In the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. <clears throat> Again, you pray for me? Kind of dizzy, but I feel good other than that. But I, I thought as we were thinking about Abraham... What I read to you in the 11th chapter, now first of all, if you go to the New Testament, uh, if you go to the book of Acts in chapter 7, as Stephen is given his defense before the Sanhedrin, uh, Stephen says that the God of our fathers called Abram out of Ur of the Chaldees. If you go to the book of Hebrews chapter number 11, uh, the Bible says by faith Abram came out of that land and knew not where he went. In other words, it hadn't been revealed to Abraham, and I'm going to call him Abraham. His name is Abram here. Uh, but for continuity, I'm going to call him Abraham the whole way. So Abraham didn't know where he was going, but he started off on the journey. And that, my friend, is faith. I have no idea where this journey of life is going to take me. Uh, but I want to go in the fear of the Lord, and I want to go where He says for me to go. Now, what do you mean by that? I mean, if you look back, he said, Abram, uh, separate thyself 
from all of your kindred and from all of your people. Ur of the Chaldees was a pagan country and a pagan land. It was a time that uh, that we had had the flood, we had had uh, the devastation and destruction of the world through the flood in Noah. And you, you know that story. We've had the Tower of Babel, uh, but a period of probably four or five hundred years had went by, and the world had delved uh, uh, deep into abomination, into idolatry, uh, a lot like it is tonight, my friend. And, and as Ethan made mention of, the world needs the church of the living God. And I would say they need the church in power tonight. And, and we've often wondered, where is our power gone? Now, if I could use an illustration tonight, I'll show you our power is still available to us tonight, but we must separate from Ur of the Chaldees. In order to find the power that we need with God, we've got to not only separate from that land and from that people and from that idolatry, but we must go where the Lord says for us to go. We must come into the land of Canaan. I read into your hearing there that Abraham, he told his family, no doubt, that God, I don't know how God appeared unto Abraham, but the Bible says He appeared unto Abraham. Isaiah chapter 49 I think in verse 51, I think in verse 2, it says, I called Abraham alone. In other words, he didn't call Abraham's dad. He didn't call Terah. He didn't call Lot. He said, I called Abraham. And for whatever reason that God had set up in His infinite wisdom, He had laid His hand on this man. And by this man, it was the father of his house. And by the father of this house, he was going to he was going to create a seed uh, in Abraham, and he was going to create a family of Abraham, and through that family, he was going to create a nation, and through that nation, he was going to give oracles, and he was going to give prophets, and he was going to cause heroes and kings to rise up, and throughout that nation, he was going to eventually, uh, thousands of years later, uh, call out a church, and that called out assembly, uh, my friend is the same call uh, that Abraham had. I can remember one night sitting in my sin and, and God called me out of my sin and He called me to go into Canaan and the Bible said He called Abram. And the Bible said Abram, I guess, told his family and his family, instead of putting up a fight, uh, they sort of agreed to go with him. And now you might think what a grand and glorious thing. And on the surface it was uh, but I would call. Uh, let me stop right there. Uh, on the surface, sometimes things look good. On the surface, sometimes things look right. Uh, but when the call came to Abram, Abram was supposed to have separated. I mean, when God wants you to separate from acquaintances in this life, it would do you well to separate from those acquaintances in your life. And, and whether that be family, or and I'm not saying cast off your family, don't misunderstand me. I'm saying you've got to do what God has called you to do. And Abraham should have done what God called Abraham to do. But in any instance, the Bible said Terah, Abraham's father, sort of took over. And Terah led them. That was never his place to lead them. That was for Abraham. But Terah sort of took over. And Terah led them so far. Terah was older. Terah didn't want to cross the Euphrates. And they came. And it says into Haran they came. And in Haran they dwelt. And now you might say they separated themselves. Let me just say tonight that there's a lot of people who have 
separated themselves from the old life, but they've never yet set foot in Canaan land. There's a difference between coming out from Ur of the Chaldees and planting your feet in the glory world. There's an absolute difference in coming away from your sin and being found where God wants you to be. And so Abraham found himself in Haran. He was never supposed to dwell there. And as a matter of fact, from one, one chapter to the next, you don't think a lot of time went by, but probably four or five years. And what, what, what is significant about that? The call of God's not on Abraham there. God is silent when it comes to Abraham as far as we know. As though Abraham was dwelling in a place where he never should have been. And God was no longer talking. And he had done well in his temple. And now let me say this to you tonight. I'm so glad that you're here. But let me ask you a question. Now, some of you have been seeking the Lord actively. And I appreciate that. You've been good and faithful to come to the altar. And I appreciate that. I would encourage you to keep seeking. But let me ask a question to those other ones. You obviously know what's right from wrong. You obviously know that God has called you out of sin. Or otherwise you wouldn't come to church. But you're faithful to come to church every Sunday. Every revival, you're faithful to come. And so, and so it's by your own accountability that you know that you need to be saved. You know that you need to be born again. You know that you need to get right with God. Abraham knew all of that. But he still didn't come into Canaan land. Let me ask you something. What is keeping you tonight from going all the way? What is keeping you tonight from coming up and being one of the ones seeking God at the altar? What's what's keeping you from that tonight? You see, Abraham set out on that journey, but he stopped short. You realize there are so many blessings tonight because the church of the living God has simply settled down in this foreign land. And when we we realize we where's the call of God at? And where's the voice of God at? It's because we're not in Canaan land, we're in Haran. And there's a vast difference. And there's a vast difference. It took Terah having to die. Uh, Terah died. Abraham's dad died. And then he finally got out of Canaan land. I've heard uh, got out of Haran into Canaan land. I've heard preachers say that before they owned their call to preach, that God had showed them He'd take their family. You might say God would do no such. I believe He did to Abraham. I believe He did that unto Abraham. Abraham, God has got a way of grabbing your attention. God has got a way of coming to where you're at. God has got a way of letting you know that you're not in His will. God has got a way of putting you where He wants you to be. And so Abraham had to decide, am I going to stay in heaven? Surely tonight, you're tired of that land you're dwelling in. Surely tonight, as Brother Ethan preached last night, about you can know that you know that you've been born again. There's so much confusion around this church, around this altar, around these people, around these laws. Are they saved? Are they lost? I heard Brother Jeff the other night say we're going to have to accept them as being lost until they tell us any different. And I'll agree with that. Yes, sir. Uh, Yes, sir. But I'll say tonight uh, that you can know that you've been born again. Uh, You can know because of the Spirit uh, that will let you know that uh, to be certain. And so Abraham had the call of God. 
He had the anointing of God, but he wasn't where God wanted him to be. And then probably wondered why God had suddenly stopped talking. You ever wonder why our churches are drying up tonight? We've spent so much time in Haran, we forgot what the good land looks like tonight. I'm telling you tonight, we need to find our way over into Canaan land. We need to find our way as you read on. Terah died and Abraham then uh, took his family. He still didn't separate him. A lot sort of clung to him. And he took Lot and he took Sarah and they went and they crossed the Euphrates and then to Canaan land they came. That's what it said in chapter 12. Into the land of Canaan they came. So now he was at the right spot. And now he was where God could work with him. Have you ever wondered tonight uh, why the lost? I mean, I don't have to be the only one who notices the condition of this world. I can't be the only one who sees in the last two years uh, with COVID raging and people dying and, and, and government seizing power. Uh, surely I can't be the only one uh, that senses uh, that somehow or another uh, there is a man of sin out in the world today and there's going to come a time he's going to step out of the shadows and become the Antichrist. Everything is in place for him tonight. You realize that? Everything is in place for that man of sin. Oh, church, tonight we need to go into Canaan land. We need to go into that glory world. And we need to walk where God wants us to walk. But Abraham finally got there. And he finally separated himself. Uh, but then the Bible says when he got there, uh, that, that there was a, a strife or division that Lot's family and Lot's herdsmen uh, was having an altercation with Abraham's family and Abraham's herdsmen. And Abraham said, it's not good. It's not good that we should be like this. And he said, why don't you just separate? Separate from me. And whichever way you want to go, I'll go the opposite way. And the Bible says, Lot lifted up his eyes and he saw the plains of Jericho. Or rather, he saw the plains and he saw how good it was. And how fertile it was. And how watered it was. And he pitched his tent towards Sodom. And now Abraham was finally separated. Abraham was finally alone. He was finally where God could use him. You want to know why God is not using you? It's because you're not yet in Canaan land. If you get there, I promise you this, he'll find you a spot. He'll find you something to do. I mean to tell you tonight that these that are lost and seeking God, that they need the church to be in Canaan land. They need the church to be in Canaan land. You see, God can't use us in Herod. There's nothing for us to do there. There's nobody to preach to there. And there's no glory to be found for God there. He needs us to be in Canaan land. And so Abraham finally is alone with God. A lot's gone. A lot chose his path. Uh, but now Abraham is there. And that picks up the reading there in chapter 15. And he said, Abraham, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. I don't know about you tonight. I can't think of a better reward than the Lord God Almighty. I can't think of a more pleasing reward than to one day I set my foot where he's at and just begin to thank him and begin to praise him for dying on the cross and to save me of my sins. I don't know about you tonight. He's all the reward I want. I don't want accolades of men. I don't want to heap praises of men. And my friend, I just want to be the servant of the Most High God. And so Abraham was finally to the place where God could use him. And this is slow going tonight, and I apologize for being 
That's slow going, but, but you bear with me. Abraham was there now. And Lot had separated. The Lot pitched his tent towards Sodom. Every day Lot grew closer to Sodom, you see. I mean, you might say, preacher, what's the big idea? And do you realize that every day that goes by that you're not saved? You're pitching your tent closer at the hellfire and damnation? Do you not realize that every day that you remain unsaved? I think about the Scripture that said, Behold, the summer is past and the summer is ended and I'm not saved. I mean, you've set through revival after revival and every one of them has come to the end. And my friend, still you're not saved. Doesn't that hurt you tonight? As a church, doesn't that bother you? I don't know about you. It's been said this week that we've been waiting, maybe Terrence said it, that we've been waiting, and maybe Brad said it, that we've been waiting on a lot of things. I don't know about you, I'm tired of waiting. And I'm not saying that as a slight towards God. I'm saying that as a slight towards me and you. You know why we're waiting? It's because we've not journeyed into Canaan land. The moment we get there, I promise you this thing's going to bust open. The moment we get to where God can use us, you might say, preacher, that's a, that's a little different for revival. I can't help it. It's what's on my heart. And you know what? And God will take a message to the church and He'll save the lost with it. And God can take a message to the lost and work in the church with it. I'm here to tell you tonight, we've been in Herland far too long. And Canaan land is there for us. Every promise of God is right in front of us tonight. We've got lost that have been actively seeking. Do you know what churches would give to see that? I've been in churches that had, I mean, long, long dry spells. I mean, years and years and years with nobody on the altar. And now, my friend, we've got four so that's been faithful to come. Now, what are they waiting on? Uh, maybe, uh, maybe the power hasn't got just right. I believe if we finally get into Canaan land, the power of God will fall. And He'll begin to save. And we'll see Him come up with smiles. Uh, but you see, Lot, uh, Lot had, made his, he had made his choice. And you see, people are going to make their choice in this life. And sometimes they'll make their choice. You just got to separate from them. I've lost friends because of this way. Yes, sir. Did that hurt at the time? Yes, sir. Does it hurt you now? No, not at all. Not in the least. Because I realized after a while, I didn't need those people around my life. And see, they were keeping me tethered into a place where God could not use me. I'd rather surround myself with God's people in Canaan land where there's a work for us to do. And now Abraham was there. Lot made his choice. Lot was going toward that wicked city. But now God was alone with Abraham. God began to say, I'm going to make you a great nation and you're going to be a blessing. And Abraham said, God, how will I know this? He said, I don't even have a child, one born in my house to my servant. That's going to be my heir. And Abraham listened as God said, Abraham... He said, that's not going to be your heir. He said, I'm going to give you a child. And through that child, it's going to come a seed. And through that seed, every nation in the world shall be blessed. Who was that seed he was talking about? He was talking about Jesus Christ coming out of the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I'll not try to get ahead of myself. But, uh, but he said, I am now your reward. I am your exceeding great reward. 
And the Bible said that it wasn't very long after that that the Bible said that Lot found himself taken captive. He was taken by, he was caught up in a, in a sort of a war. There were five kings that fought four kings. And that war raged on. And the king of Sodom and Gomorrah that was part of that war. And the Bible said they fell down by the slime pits in the field. And so when they did that, the, 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 the other four kings went in and they took Lot and they took everything that he had. And word got back to Abraham saying, your nephew has been taken captive and these kings have him. And the Bible says that Abraham had trained up his servants and he said, let's go and get him. What does that have to do with this tonight? I mean to tell you, you don't understand this if you're lost and separated from God, but you are being held captive tonight But the church of the living God for to full well understand it. I mean, there's been... You know what the Bible calls Satan? He's the God of this world. He is the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. And so the church tonight... I mean, we need to get a bit of Abraham about us. We need to realize that we are in a battle tonight and the stakes are high and the stakes are the souls of men and the souls of children tonight. They all hang in the balance. And I mean to tell you, Abraham didn't waste any time. He girded on his shield and his sword and he gathered his servants and he said, let's go and get him. I wanted the church tonight. We better be prepared to fight. I don't know about you, but I want to go get them. I want to go get them tonight. I realize that I can't do that. But the power of God came. The power of God came. How does the power of God manifest itself? Through the church. Through His church. Through His people. And that's what Abraham did. He went out and he got Lot. And he brought Lot back home. I mean to tell you tonight... Uh, these that are lost in sin, uh, they're out in the world, they're headed headlong toward destruction, headed headlong toward a pit that has no bottom, headed headlong toward burning forever, and the church sits around the whole time in Herod, and it seems like we don't even have enough fire in us to go and bring them back out of that land. I mean, sometimes I'm, I'm ashamed of myself, and I won't lie to you about that tonight. Sometimes I'm I'm ashamed to know that souls are in danger and souls are perishing and souls are dying and souls are dying to hell. The Bible said that hell enlarges herself daily. It talks about hell almost like it's got an identity. Almost that it takes glee and joy into pulling people down into its mouth. The Bible said her mouth is a gate that open tonight. And there it is right before us. We're in Herod. We can't do anything about it in Herod. We can't do anything about these laws as long as we're in Herod. My friend, the moment we leave that land and step into Canaan land, then God is preparing us to fight. Then God is readying us for the battle. Then God has us now where He can use That's what revival is. It's not just to save the lost. You know what that is? That's a consequence of revival. True revival is when God's people begin to get excited for us. True revival is not just for the lost. That true revival will spread to them. But before it spreads to them, it has to first be felt in the church. And until it's felt in the church, I'm afraid. I'm afraid everything we do is in vain. 
Except the power of God falls, there's nothing we can do. How does the power of God fall? When does it, you can't, you can't manufacture it. And Genesis and Jambres tried in the Old Testament standing before Moses and Pharaoh. They tried. And for a while, they could manufacture some spirit. But it wasn't the Spirit of God. But the world today, they have their churches and they have their preachers. You listen to me right now. I might just be a man. When I'm prayed up and behind the buckboard, I'm God's man. And you better listen to the man of God tonight. You better listen. Because this man of God loves you. And he wants you to do good. I want you to eat of the good of the land. It's all before us. But you see, if you're inherent, I can't reach you tonight. You're going to have to separate. You're going to have to come out. If you want to see him saved, you're going to have to leave where you are tonight. And if you're lost, you're absolutely going to have to separate. Separate yourself from this world. Fall upon God in faith. What did I just read? It said Abraham believed God. And to him, God counted that for righteousness. You realize that's the way of salvation? It's never changed from the time of Abraham. You have to believe that He is. And that He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. You understand as the church tonight, the man of God can pray and study and preach but unless the preaching is accompanied by the power of God, it'll fall on deaf ears. You realize tonight what I read to you there in the 15th chapter when God said, Abraham, I'm going to make a covenant with you. He said, I want you to take these animals and divide them, cut them in two. It was a cutting of a covenant. In the old days, that's what men did. It was a cutting a cutting into a covenant and they would lay those beasts apart and those two men that entered into covenant together would walk in the midst of those torn pieces and this signifying one to another. If I break my part of this covenant, then what will happen to those beasts will happen to me. I'll die. It's a covenant that cannot be broken. And so God separated Abraham, called him out, said, now I want to make a covenant with you. And he separated those pieces. But being in a hot and humid land, the Bible said Abraham laid those pieces there. And he laid them down. And the vultures came. You realize tonight, the Bible says that Lord Jesus Christ preached one time. And he said he was talking about, he was talking about a farmer sowing seed. And he said he just goes and scatters the seed. And some seed... Let me just stop there. You realize tonight, it's important the sower has to have the seed in his pocket. I mean, the, the man of God has to have a message from God. Yeah. But do you realize that's not all of it? Now that's just the beginning of it. Do you realize the church also has a part in that? Do you realize that it has to be good ground? Now what do you do before you plant a garden? You break up the fallow ground. You begin to till it and turn it over. I would say the responsibility bears as much on the church as it does the preacher. The ground has to be right. Or I'm not doing a bit of good up here. Neither of these brethren. We're just sort of scattering seed. But you know what the Bible says? It said that those seed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured them up. What does that mean? I've been preaching before, Ethan, and I know you and Jeff have. And I've been preaching a man the church is with you. The lost is with you. 
You can see conviction on their faces. Uh, you can see the Spirit of God settling over the people. And then all of a sudden, bang, they're gone. That quick. How does that happen? It's because of the fouls of the air. It's because Satan has hindering spirits. If you don't believe that, you try preaching with spirits hindering you. And you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Preachers, I've been preaching before and there's been hindering spirits. But oh, there's been a few times the liberty of God has been so great and so strong. I think I could have preached all day if I had to. And then there are other times it's over as quick as it starts. And you know you didn't accomplish the thing. That's because Satan has his birds. You understand what Abraham was doing? He was driving those beasts away. And they were trying to come take part. They were trying to come corrupt the covenant. I'm telling you tonight, Satan is doing everything in his power to corrupt the Word of God, corrupt the man of God, corrupt the church of God, get the lost not thinking about eternity. Somebody needs to drive them away. Somebody needs to be like Abraham. Abraham was there. And he said, no, no, no. Uh, You're not going to destroy this covenant. Uh, God is my reward. And He's my witness. I've done what He said. I've come out of Ur. I've come out of Haran. I'm in the land of Canaan now. And you're not going to have part. That's what the church needs. I'm not talking about little mealy mouth prayers. I'm talking about prayers with power. I'm talking about that's how you get the power of God. You can't manufacture it. You can't sing it down. You must pray it down from above. It's the only way it happens. And when the church is too caught up in Haran to pray down the power into Canaan, we've got trouble. And so that's the church of this 21st century. That's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with vultures coming. We're dealing with everything We're dealing with pornography. We're dealing with internet. We're dealing with social media. We're dealing with celebrities. We're dealing with politicians. We're dealing with everything. I'm telling you tonight, it's time for a while to put all that aside. Get out of Harry in the Canaan land. If we don't, these lost are never going to be saved. That's just as plain as I know how to put it. I know it's been strange tonight. It's not entirely what I meant to preach. But it'll be alright. I'll stand on it. And I believe it'll preach. But you see, Abraham had to get across the Euphrates. He had to find a way to come out of here. And it's tough. He probably got comfortable there. You that are here tonight, and you that have, maybe it's been a long time since you prayed. And maybe God's convicted you. And maybe He's, somebody preached the other night that maybe somebody's been called to a work, called to preach. I don't know. If that's that way with you tonight. But I'm telling you, you know what a lot of people have done? If you you happen to be in that case tonight, and you know what a lot of people have done? A lot of people thought I'm saved. I've not told it, but that's just for me. I've been called to preach. And they try to to, uh, obey God, but in disobedience. You understand what I mean? They try to have faith mixed with unbelief. That's what ends up in heaven tonight. God wants you to come out from everything and get into Canaan. Some people say, I've heard say, well, they ordained me as a deacon. And I thought that would be enough. But God called me to preach and not to be a deacon. But they'll try that. 
and maybe I'm a Sunday school teacher and maybe I can try to get by without preaching. Just Maybe I can get by at just coming to church, taking my spot. I'm telling you, that is disobedience inside of obedience. It's coming out of Ur of the Chaldees, but not ever settling in Canaan land. There's a difference. There's absolutely a difference tonight between coming out and settling in. I know it's hard. It had to be hard for Abraham. He picked up everything he'd ever known and left. It had to be hard again in Haran. You see, you might think, well, I'm not, I'm not in disobedience. I, my friend, I've said this before. If you've been saved and you've never made a public profession, you are living in disobedience. I'm sorry to break that to you. I'm not trying to be hard on you tonight. I'm trying to tell you, you know what the church is. It's a called out body. That's what I said in the beginning. If God has called you out of sin, if He has ever saved your soul, if you know you're going to heaven, then now it's time to get out of heaven and get into Canaan land. It's time to get in the church body. It's time to be baptized. It's to, you say, preacher, I've never felt that need. You've not, have you? You've not ever felt that need, have you? Have you never read it's a commandment of Jesus Christ? Have you never read that? I shouldn't have to beat you over the head. And my friend, it's written there in red. Written there in black and white and red. And my friend, he's not satisfied where you're at. He couldn't use Abraham. I don't have to have anybody tell me when they're mad at me. I can usually tell that. If they don't say anything hateful to me, I can still usually tell it. What do you mean? It means they're not saying anything at all. That's where Abraham was. He was in Herod. He had come out of Ur of the Chaldees. But God was silent to him. I've been there in my life where God's just dead quiet and dead silent. And I can't hear His voice. And it come, it come to find out it wasn't that God didn't want to speak to me. It's that I was in a place where He couldn't get my attention. And once I came out of that place and into the good land, you know what? I began to hear His voice. I began to listen to Him. I began to say, Lord, I failed You, but I'm in Canaan now. And now You can speak to me. And my friend, that's where God gets you where He wants you at. Let me just ask you now, close. Are you where God wants you at tonight? I don't know if that's a message for the lost or the saved or both. Are you absolutely on sure footing where God wants you? I mean, these lost, they need you. You might say, Preacher, why do they need me? I'm just a man. I know you're just a man and a woman. But my friend, they need you. They need this church. They need this church to come out of Herod. Come out of her. They need this church to be in Canaan. When we get to Canaan land, the Spirit of God will come. I promise you that. I promise you. This has been a weak message, but it's not because it was a good effort, but a weak message. But my friends, you, you take that to heart. We're in a battle. They carried him over captive, and my friend, he's dragging him into hell. He's dragging him in. The Bible says the worm dies not. You think sometimes we as God's people, I wish we think about the glories of heaven. That's a good thing. It's a good thing. But I wish sometimes we could see the other side. I wish sometimes we could get a picture of hell so clear and so real. And not because we're going, but because I know that's the abode of all of those that die lost without God. 
We need to realize that they're dying. Somebody died tonight since you've been here and went to hell. Right. Since we've been in this place, somebody's died and went to hell. Why? Because they left out of this life unprepared. Never found a place to repent. Never believed in Jesus Christ. Didn't have time for Him. Lived their whole life in Ur of the Chaldees. Maybe they came out of earth only to land in Haran. Haran is not Canaan. Coming to church will not birth you into heaven. It takes more than that. It takes heartfelt confession. It takes the conviction. It takes repentance. And it takes the faith of Abraham. Doing good things won't get you there. I'm sorry. Hell is full of men with good intentions. I believe hell is full of decent moral men. It's also full of murderers and blasphemers and, and rapers and, and whatnot, drug dealers. And, but there, there's bound to be a few good moral men. They just never settled in Canaan. They just went as far as there. Let me ask you tonight. You've come that far. What's keeping you from coming on settling into Canaan land? If you've come that far, you're here tonight. I know that means uh, some of you are old enough that mom and daddy don't even bring you anymore. You drive yourself. You have the authority. You have the power to stay at home, but you don't lie. Because deep down, you know, you know you need to be right with God. And you know that you need to be in the house of God. You've come that far. But you stopped before it ever got good. You stopped before the good part even started. You stopped short of Canaan. Boy, there's a lot of people missing out on blessings tonight. There's a lot of churches missing out on blessings because we've settled in heaven and not Canaan. I'd ask you tonight, let's come on over into Canaan as we sing.